Welcome to Mission Sunday. We're glad that you're here this morning. Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2 says, May God be gracious to us and bless, his, bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. A famous preacher once said, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. We are here today to hear from three of our local missionary representatives, and they are at work with us to make the name of Jesus known so that others can worship him. Someday, we won't have to be doing missions. We will be worshiping. So uh, first up is Jeremy Wright. He is, going, he is the uh, director at UP Bible Camp. He's been volunteering there since 2009 and as uh, the director since uh, 2015. And uh, Jeremy tells me that his, the favorite thing about his work at uh, UP Bible Camp is the people. It's not the programs, it's not the fun, it's the people. So Jeremy will come in a minute and uh, tell us more about that. Second up, we have Jared O'Connor. He's with, uh, with crew here in Marquette. Jared grew up uh, in Houghton, went to Michigan Tech, has a degree in computer science, uh, spent 10 years with the National Guard, spent some time in Afghanistan. He's married to his wife, Allison, and uh, they have three kids and a couple of twins on the way. So that's exciting. And then uh, we, our uh, third speaker will be Miles Bagley. Um, most of you know Miles already. Uh, he is the uh, running the, well, he's doing a lot of things at Salvation Army. I think he just about runs the place. But um, anyway, he's, he's very busy at Salvation Army and, and is also involved in ministry at Crossbridge and um, in lots of other places too. So um, Jeremy, come on up and, and uh, share your story with us. We're gonna start with a video. So as Jim said, my name is Jeremy Wright. I have the privilege to serve as the camp director at Upper Peninsula Bible Camp. Uh, we just saw, as you just saw, the summer of 2020 looked very different at UPBC, uh, very different. Uh, but first I'm gonna share just a couple notes about our, a little history. So UPBC started in 1936, been around just a little while. Um, today, or we just started as a summer camp and today we're a year-round ministry that operates 10 weeks of summer programming, which consists of a prayer camp, two day camp programs, seven overnight kids programs, three family camp programs. Outside of the summer season, we do 10 of our own retreat programs and we host rental groups like the Bethel Ladies Retreat. And somebody actually just asked me today, what about Bethel Christmas dinner? Which I can't really give you an answer at this moment. Um, but since March of 16, 16th of this year, we haven't ran any kind of programming. Uh, on May 30th, our board made the difficult decision to cancel our summer program. And instead, we did everything that we could to share the gospel and the message of UPBC through some of the videos that you saw. Those were some of our program directors. Those were our speakers. Um, those were camp people sharing what their favorite ice cream was, what their favorite camp activity were. Um, and just trying to engage through the cyber reality that we've been in. 
uh, at the bottom of each of these emails that were sent out to our kids that were supposed to come, it read 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4, which says, Praise be to, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So be encouraged by these words today and put your hope in the living God as just a reminder to the campers that were supposed to be there who he is and what he's done for each of us. While at camp, we had some work done, as you saw. We had, more than, we had no more than 40 people at camp compared to normally having two to 300 people at camp each week. Um, we asked skilled volunteers to come and consider serving for one week or more of the 10 weeks of summer. Uh, the traditional 10 weeks of summer became focused on unfinished projects, projects that we wouldn't have done, like tearing down a building in the middle of summer, projects that have been pushed back to the back burner, and started two major projects in addition on our trading post, which is where we sell candy, clothing, and ice cream, and our North Restroom, which has been there since 1950. We had created a list of 88 items to be accomplished. Of that was simple things like putting a chimney cap on a building that needed to be done. Um, with the 106 volunteers that came, we were to, uh, able to accomplish 49 of the 88, as well as cook meals for those and clean as we needed uh, during the season. While I know UPBC is not the only camp that Bethel is near and dear to, um, I wanted to share a little bit about two other camps that are, just briefly. So Lake Ellen Camp made, in my opinion, the most difficult decision, and that was to, to have to totally shut down for the summer and didn't see any kind of guests. Uh, since then, they have started hosting rental groups and retreats of their own. So making progress back to doing, you know, the things that we desire to do as camp ministries. Lake Lundgren Bible Camp uh, took, had two unique things that they kind of came up with. The first was what they called Camp in a Box. You could purchase a box, they would send it to you, and in it would be a Bible, a gospel message, uh, there would be some kind of camp activity and also camp merchandise. They also partnered with nine or so, I didn't remember the exact number, but I know it was about nine different churches where they brought camp to the community, at least the parts that they could. We can't always bring everything that's physically at camp. This season for us at UPBC has been a reminder of a couple things. How blessed we are to have a missionary staff that so many support. Because of that, we haven't had to talk about layoffs or cutting back in any facet. Like, there are many camps throughout the country that have had to do that, just like businesses. The second part is that our campers that come to UPBC don't actually pay 100% of the operating costs to come. They, our board has set 60% as our target. So therefore, that other 40% is made up by donations through many people who support UPBC. And so because of that, we, our revenue has been down because of not having anybody, but so is of our, our expenses. And so therefore, the traditional 40% of what people help cover keep us viable today, and which allows us to look ahead to the future, unlike some camps throughout the country. At this time, the most significant difference that we see is just our daily cleaning and pre-screening to come to camp right now. 
Um, we ask anybody who's staying as an overnight guest to do temperature checks beforehand. Uh, there's medical questionnaires that need to be filled out beforehand. And then while they're on site, they're also doing that. And the same is true for those that are volunteering um, in that extended period. So as for the future right now, we don't know what the regulations are going to bring. Uh, we don't necessarily know what winter, spring, or even next summer truly look like. But we do know that we will continue to encourage people to, we'll introduce people to Jesus Christ and encourage them to grow more like him. We can continue to give praise to God for Bethel and many others. We would not be doing ministry without so many hands and hearts coming together to serve faithfully. So thank you for being a part of our ministry. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Jared O'Connor. Uh, I'm with Crew. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Crew is a ministry that was started in 1951 um, by Bill and Vonette Bright with a vision from God to see every student on every campus around the world reached with the gospel. Um, and so that's something that, um, you know, Dave and Mish and you know, all the rest of the staff here, it's something that we, we very much share um, and something that we have passion for. Um, so one of the things I wanted to share with you is, you know, um, a scripture that's been um, seemingly like very relevant um, to our time here uh, during COVID, you know, especially in the UP. Uh, it's Isaiah 43, 19, and it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Um, and so kind of the, the, the two ways that that really relates, um, like to what God's doing here, um, is that... Um, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, as we, you know, we continuously pray for revival, we pray for God to move in our country, you know, for people to come to receive Christ, to move in, you know, very significant ways. But I've realized that even myself, um, that when I'm praying for that thing, you know, that in my mind, it actually looks like business as usual, just better, right? Um, I'm not actually expecting for God to like, you know, completely rearrange, you know, all of life for him to do a new thing, um, like I'm actually asking him to do. Um, so it's actually been a really, really interesting um, in both good and bad ways. So that's kind of the, the second part is that, you know, it says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I feel like that's a really good contrast for what we're experiencing um, at Northern and really kind of all across the country is that we are having both very, very difficult things, um, but also phenomenal things, um, a river in the desert. Um, so the kind of the, to give you so like some of the challenges, you know, that we, we really face, um, I mean, obviously, like, you know, with, I'm sure everyone in your work or, you know, at school, everyone's trying to deal with, like, okay, we've got more restrictions. We, like, how do we actually do the normal things that we want to do? I mean, right, even here at church, we have to figure out, like, you know, how does that actually work? And so we've discovered that it takes about three times longer to plan and execute anything, three much more, you know, three times as much planning. Um, so that's, you know, just a, you know, a practical, difficult thing. And then even, right, I'm sure you guys have also experienced that, you know, people have differing opinions on like, you know, what are the best practices and how should we be doing things? And right, so that tends to cause, you know, friction and difficulty. And so even like, you know, among some of our student leaders, that's created some problems. But in spite of all of that, like I'm actually really, really excited to kind of share with you guys like what God's doing, because he's doing some really incredible things. Um, so probably the biggest thing that we as, you know, the, the staff team, um, we, we talk about is just campus feels different than any other time in the past. So this is, this is our third year um, here at, um, you know, here in the UP, you know, specifically at Northern. Um, and between this and even any time in my, 
you know, in any of my years as a student, you know, in being involved in crew, like, it hasn't been like this ever. Students are excited to talk. And not just talk, you know, in general, right? I mean, they've all been, you know, cooped up for six months, so they're, you know, excited to talk to anybody, but they're excited to talk about spiritual things um, in ways that we have never seen. Like, we've experienced, like, no hostility. Like, you know, you know the fact that we're Christians, that we, want, we want to talk about God. People are excited to talk about it. Um, to, to give you guys, like, an example, so, like, we do surveys at the beginning of the year, and, you know, we follow up with those, you know, asking, you know, would you want to have a spiritual conversation? Um, and so I had texted this guy um, named Blake, and it had been like, I don't know, two, two and a half weeks, and I hadn't heard back from him, so I'd gone like, okay, yeah, well, you know, this is, you know, this is generally typical. I get a text out of the blue, um, yeah, two weeks afterwards, and he just said, um, hey, Jared, sorry about uh, getting back so late. Just been running from the Lord, but you know, he ain't going to let me go, so uh, I'd love to meet up with you if you're still down. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen, just, just to let you know. Um, but like, you know, God's pursuing people and he's drawing them to himself and we just kind of get to be there and be a part of it. Um, and so the, another thing that, you know, it's, it's just been really, really incredible is God's given us like a ridiculously awesome group of freshmen, like brand new to campus. This is their first time here and God's doing some really incredible things. Um, so give you guys like a picture of like, you know, that, uh, so there's, um, so this guy named Julian, he's a Hispanic guy from Fresno, California, and he's on the Olympic wrestling team here at Northern. Uh, we met him on campus during the first week. He was wearing a shirt that said, Jesus te amo, Jesus loves you in Spanish. So we had to talk, and we invited him to crew. We started coming, and um, I met up with him, and um, anytime I meet up with a student for the first time, I say, you know, hey, I'd like to share with you what crew is all about, and then I share the gospel with them, because that's what crew is all about. Um, and so I use this, you know, like this little booklet that we use. It's called, uh, Would You Like to Know God Personally? And it's a great tool. So as I'm sharing with him, like, you know, he's definitely a believer. And I get done, and he's like, wow, this thing's like a really awesome tool. How many of these things can you guys print? How many do you want? <laughs> um, you know, I've given him like 30 so far. So I've been meeting up with him continuously, and we've been talking about he's in a philosophy class. He's a philosophy major, and he's um, trying to figure out, like, how do I actually, you know, take my, you know, presentation after giving my class as a way to share the gospel? Um, Another one is just that, you know, a lot of the freshmen coming in, like, um, some, of us, some of them have told us, like, you know, how much they absolutely love, you know, our community groups, our, you know, our Bible studies that we do during the week. Um, and a lot of them are, like, you know, brand new or baby Christians. Like, they're really, like, first following God, you know, for the first time. Um, and they say, like, wow, this is, like, awesome, because you guys, like, actually study the Bible and, like, um, and talk about it all the time. And, like, they actually, you know, go back during the week and study the same passages again until they get more out of it. It's like, oh, this doesn't normally happen. Um, so yeah, it's just been really, really incredible to see, like, you know, how God is moving. And even like, um, so actually, Ailey and Holly, um, you know, Pastor Hank had mentioned, um, I've heard both of them actually say at some point, like, this might be like the best semester of their time in college. You know, they're both seniors. Um, and I would say that that's, uh, I would definitely concur with that, you know, with that sentiment. I mean, even me personally, right? So I mean, as things, you know, we're getting into the semester, um, you know, I, I've really been kind of, like, you know, examining that, like, you know, I, when, you look, when we see God moving in such incredible ways and he's using COVID to do it, right? Because, I mean, that's, that's the only major factor, right? That's different this year. Um, I've actually stopped praying that God would end COVID and just pray that, you know, he accomplishes what he wants to do through COVID, because what he's doing is really incredible, that lives are being changed, people are coming to Christ. Uh, we've seen four students so far this semester um, pray to receive Christ. Um, yeah, so God's just moving in really, really incredible ways, and, you know, we just, um, 
we're just kind of along for the ride, really. Um, you know, trying to make ourselves, you know, and especially our students, you know, available to use as, you know, God wants. And um, we just had our, our fall retreat last weekend uh, at Lake Ellen, um, which was, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, um, so we normally do that with Michigan Tech. We get to join together. Um, Michigan Tech um, has, because of th their restrictions, are a lot more... Um, constringent than what we have here at NMU. Um, so we weren't able to actually do it together, but it actually ended up being really awesome for our NMU students because they were able to bond just with each other um, in really incredible ways. And it was probably one of the best retreats um, that I think we've had. Um, and even just like, you know, talking with, you know, students while we were there, that they're excited about the gospel. They want to reach campus. Um, I was sharing just about some of my experiences overseas. And one of the freshmen that I met with, you know, I was telling him about um, some of the opportunities that are going on in the Middle East right now. And that, you know, like, you know, I actually want to go myself, but, you know, God's kind of called me here. And he was like, okay, um, so when are we going? Like, like, how do you sign up for this? He's a freshman. Um, and like, yeah, just like I could share many, many, many more stories like that where God is really like moving in people's hearts to um, like to change their heart for the world and to get them excited about um, seeing people reach the gospel. Um, and the other really, really awesome part is that this isn't something, I don't, like, this isn't constrained to the UP. Um, so, like, Dave, Misha, and I were on part of, like, this uh, video chat with, like, you know, campus um, ministers from all over the state, and, like, every one of them was sharing, like, basically the same things, you know, that, like, you know, at U of M, you know, they had a problems where they, they couldn't get in the dorms for the past few years, and so, well, now, because of COVID, no one eats it, you know, like, no one can eat in the dining halls, so they all go sit out on the lawn, and they're able to go share with them. And so like uh, Lindsay, you know, who came here, she's an intern down there. And she was telling me that like, this is a really, really like incredible um, opportunity that like God is doing things through our difficulties. He's using the actual things that we find hard um, to actually give opportunities to reach people with the gospel. Um, so yeah, God's moving. Um, and uh, we're just really, really excited to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see like, you know, how long this goes on, but you know, how God's going to move, you know, during this time. So, yeah, thank you guys very much. Hi. Uh, as Jim mentioned, I am, I do not run the Salvation Army. Uh, the captains, Captain Doug and Kim Winters do that. Uh, I just do what they tell me to do. <laughs> One of those things is to be here this morning. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. I'm glad to be able to share with you what's going on at the Salvation Army. Uh, <laughs> it's been a weird year. Uh, I, I do, as Jim mentioned, I minister in a number of places in, in Ishpeming, uh, out in Gwyn, uh, a new opportunity where I'll be out in Eben Junction every day through the winter, through the basketball season, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but my main place to minister is, is at the Salvation Army, uh, because I'm there every day. Uh, I was given an opportunity this year, uh, beginning of the year, to when, once the basketball season ended, they asked me to start leading a Bible study at the Salvation Army, and we started into the book of First Peter. I'm glad you uh, shared that this morning. Uh, we just started it, and then when everything happened with the shutdowns, uh, it stopped, and we just picked it up recently. But uh, when we were asked to present here this morning, we were asked to bring a, a passage that's meant a lot to what we're doing uh, and to, to share with you some of the challenges that COVID has brought. Uh, one of the passages uh, we were talking about in our Bible study just the other day 
was 1 Peter chapter 2. Starting in verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. That passage gives us two responsibilities, and they come out of... uh, a point that Peter is trying to make. He says, listen, if you have tasted the goodness, if you have tasted the the goodness of God, then here's two things you ought to be doing. One is proclaiming his goodness to the people around you. And second is to be living in a way that is, is an example of that goodness to those who see the way that you live. The mission of the Salvation Army is this, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. The Salvation Army of Marquette County uh, is actually the Salvation Army of Marquette County, Barriga County, and Alger County. Uh, And in those places, we are focused on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and meeting needs. Peter is asking us to share the gospel and to do the things that God has asked us to do that show his goodness to the people around us. And we were full, full force doing that at the beginning of 2020. And then everything changed. Everything got weird. Uh, so how has it changed the way we do what we do? Prior to the shutdowns, we were presented with continuous and multiple opportunities to meet people at their time of need, to hear the challenges that are facing them, to offer them hope in the short term by providing for their material needs, and then to present to them the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that lasts forever and the opportunity of a relationship with one who can meet all of their needs. As policies began to change and as we got new direction from the government, as we got new direction from the city, as we got new direction from the Salvation Army headquarters, that fundamentally changed the way we communicate with people, the way we reach people. And so we've had to rethink a number of things. Uh, it has changed the way we, we interact with people. People used to come into our building. We have a, a, a community lunch every day. People used to come into the building. We got to sit down with them, eat with them, talk to them about their needs and their concerns and and reach out to them in that way. We are no longer able to have those people in our building, but we continue to provide those lunches. Uh, We pack to-go lunches, and those people show up every day. We have a brief interaction as we hand them a lunch and they they leave our building. Uh, But the opportunity has not disappeared, uh, and we're thankful for that. As Many of you know our main source of funding for the social services that we offer is our Red Kettle campaign, our Christmas uh, campaign. Uh, That 
provides the majority of our funding for the year. The second biggest one is our family store. The COVID shutdowns uh, caused us to have to close the family store, uh, which presented a huge problem. But one of the great blessings uh, of this time is the way that this community uh, has joined us in providing the funds that we were missing from our store. People like you who have given to us financially were joined by a great number of other people concerned about their neighbors. And we began to see an incredible outpouring of financial help during this time. We were able to, to not stop any of our services. It's a remarkable thing that as everything shut down, we were able to continue and even expand some of our services. Uh, our client choice food pantry, where people can come in and get, get food, uh, we could not do as a client choice anymore. We started a kind of drive-through where, where they would pull up and, and we would load food into their vehicle. We began to see a, an incredible decrease in the number of people showing up. And we were well aware of the fact that the need was increasing, uh, but we were confused as to why we were seeing less people. We found that they were really struggling with transportation. Uh, whether it was gas money to get to us or whether it was the fact that the buses had all stopped running, uh, we saw a great decrease in the amount of people. So we began a full delivery uh, of our pantry, meaning that we were driving out to Michigami, um, Republic, Champion, uh, Harvey, Gwynn. <laughs> we, were, we were all over the place. I was doing a lot of driving myself during that time. Uh, but the great thing about that, the blessing in that, is we began to meet and, and interact with new people who had never been a part of our, never been clients, never, never needed our help before. But because we were delivering, they were willing to say, hey, we, we could use your help too. We began to see a great number of people in their homes. Uh, we, we, it was a limited interaction, zero contact, but when you show up at somebody's house with a box of food, they come out. Uh, so <clears throat> we, we did get to speak with and talk to and find out some of the real other needs uh, facing a lot of those people. And so although we've gone back to our drive through pantry, uh, we continue to deliver uh, once a month to those who can't make it to us. Uh, those are just incredible ways that we have been able to continue to reach the people that we are, are working with. Uh, but... Our greatest uh, concern is their spiritual needs, and <clears throat> being able to reach those during this time has been more difficult. We have had to uh, adjust a number of our other services. The, the threat uh, of an airborne virus uh, caused us to, to dramatically rethink a lot of things, the way we interact with people, uh, how close we can get. It has limited incredibly the amount of volunteer help that we've been able to get because of the uh, need to temp and, and do other things with the people that come into our building. A lot of our volunteers were retired, and so that has limited uh, their ability to help us uh, during this time. Uh, as we continue to work with people, the needs have not disappeared. Uh, but we've had to rethink. One of the other blessings, even though we had to close our store, was that the loss of volunteers in our social services uh, were, was made up for by the uh, ability to use our store staff to help in those, in those ways. Also provided them the opportunity to not miss income. Uh, 
so we were able to keep all of our employees working. Uh, now that the store is open again, we have a much larger need for volunteer help um, in sorting donations and things like that. Um, as we continue to try and meet the needs, uh, we don't see an end uh, in the short term to the COVID pandemic. Uh, experts are telling us it's probably the end of next year uh, before we see any real normalcy. Uh, but I want, I want you to know that we are so grateful in this community to find so many willing to help us in so many ways. Uh, our financial needs will continue. Uh, you continue to help us with that. But there's so many ways that you can help us, whether it's sending in donations uh, to our store, which helps us financially, whether it's sending in monetary donations, whether it's adopting families for our Christmas program to provide gifts for their family, whether it's uh, providing, Walmart has partnered with us again this year uh, as uh, developing a program for us to have people buy gifts or buy toys online so that we can get them from them. Uh, so you can look on Walmart's website and look for a Salvation Army shield and you can help us in that way. But there are a lot of uh, volunteer opportunities you can help us with too. Our, our need for volunteers has not disappeared. And so we would ask for your help if, if you're not in a vulnerable population or immunocompromised, we'd love your help sorting donations. We'd love your help ringing bells. We would love your help uh, handing out toys in our toy shop at Christmas. We would love your help in a variety of volunteer ways. There are numbers of you in this community who, and even in this church who are picking up meals, to-go meals, and taking them to people who can't get to us. That's an incredible help. There's all kinds of ways to help us as far as volunteer help goes. But I want us to remember that the biggest need that everyone has, especially those that we're working with who have seemed to have lost hope because of difficulty, their biggest need is the need, their need of the gospel. And so the biggest way that you could help us is to continue to reach out to your friends and neighbors because you've experienced, because you have tasted the goodness of God, you can continue to proclaim to them the goodness of God. Share with them the gospel. As our contact and our ability to communicate with them has become limited, you can help us by reaching them with the goodness of God in your life. Sharing with, it, with them what he's done for you. And you can continue to do good deeds so that they can see the goodness of God through you. Help them with the things that they're needing help with during this time. It's as we do what Peter is asking us to do, to proclaim his goodness and to do good deeds, that the world around us sees the love of Jesus Christ, which is their greatest need. I'm done. I don't want to leave blank time here because we're live streaming. So I'm just going to keep talking until Petro's up here. Yeah, as it were, the unforgettable sin of uh, live TV is dead space, so we'll try to uh, uh, reduce that to the absolute minimum. 
But uh, the early church would commission missionaries and send them out uh, as they go. Uh, our brothers here, they're already in the missions field, so uh, it's kind of a belated commissioning, as it were. But let's pray at this time. Father God, we thank you uh, for the words that we've uh, heard today, for the ministries that you've given our brothers. Thank you, Father, that they have been, uh, as, as it were, uh, just really sensitive to your leading and your guidance, uh, that they indeed went out into the missions field, into this white field that's ready for harvest. Uh, grandfather, that uh, you will raise up additional people to go out into the harvest field, because indeed you're, uh, uh, the fields are white uh, for harvest. Be it full-time ministry, or as it were, Father, uh, the ministry of the daily grind uh, that you've called us uh, uh, to our vocations, that as we lead, plan, follow, and do, uh, grandfather, that we can uh, realize that you are indeed helping us to lead, plan, follow, and do. Grandfather, that we can uh, be your light, as it were, a, ref a reflection of your light in our little parts of the harvest field. And we thank you for this in the name of your son, who bled and died on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> 